Matt. With its brightest star being Procyon, what constellation is also known as the lesser dog? Um, Cerberus Jr. Uh, Canis Minor. Oh, so close. Miranda. Developed in Australia and New Zealand, what coffee drink consists of an espresso, steamed milk, and a thin layer of microphone? Ooh, the flat white. That's correct. Sean. Casablanca and the capital city of Rabat are located in what African country? Yay, geography. Morocco. <laughs> correct. Jane. What word for an unplanned fortunate discovery or happy accident is derived from a Persian fairy tale? Eureka. <laughs> uh, serendipity. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my second guess. Matt. What anthology series, which aired for seven seasons on Showtime and Sci-Fi until 2002, was narrated by Kevin Conway and sometimes featured season finale clip shows? Um, the Twilight End Zone. Close. Uh, the Outer Limits. Miranda. With its brightest star being Deneb, what constellation is also known as the Swan or Northern Cross? Ooh, Poseidon. I don't know. Uh, Cygnus. Sean, at five foot three, what Wake Forest graduate is the shortest player ever to play in the NBA? Muggsy Bogues. That's correct. Yes. Jane, what sandbox survival game takes place in the overworld and is procedurally generated as the players explore? Minecraft. That's correct. Matt. According to popular lore, what items are made by elves while the cobbler sleeps? Shoes. That's correct. Miranda, what is the name of the dog who accompanies Carl and Russell in Up? Uh, I don't know, Carl. Uh, it's a Doug. Sean, one of the largest in the Northern Hemisphere, what constellation is also known as the Chained Maiden? Um, Sagittarius. Uh, Andromeda. Jane, also part of Barbie's Inspiring Women collection, what woman born in 1867 is recorded as the first female self-made millionaire in the United States? Uh, I don't know. I need an answer. You got one? Barbara Walters. Ooh, uh, Madam C.J. Walker. So okay. closer phonetically than I think <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, what director and filmmaker most recently released The Boy and the Heron, which has been nominated for Best Animated Feature Film at this year's Oscars? I just heard his name on an episode I recorded. Uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki is correct. Miranda, what modern best-selling author is known for the books It Ends With Us, Slammed, and All Your Perfects? Rebecca Yaros. Obviously uh, wrong. <laughs> Colleen Hoover. Sean. Currants or raisins give what traditional steamed British pudding its name? Uh, black pudding. <laughs> uh, be spotted dick. Oh, Jane, the other one. Located in an area of the sky known as the sea, what constellation is also called the sea goat or horned goat? <laughs> Poseidon. <laughs> Capricorn. Matt. What 90s contemporary R&B group originally composed of Brian, Mark, Sam, and Kevin is known for hits like I Adore Me Amore and I Want to Sex You Up? I, don't... I know, I know the tune. I know. Uh, new Kids on the Block. Uh, sorry, Color Me Bad. That's... Miranda, what 90s vocal group composed of Nick, Jeff, Justin, and Drew is known for hits like The Hardest Thing and I Do Cherish You? And sync. <laughs> Uh, 98 Degrees. Ah! Sean, what 90s R&B quartet, also known as the Bad Boys of R&B, is known for hits like Cry For You and Come Talk To Me, or Come and Talk To Me? Mm. 
crap. Uh, I think it's wrong, but boys to men. Jodeci. And Jane, what 90s R&B pop group composed of Jamie, Delius, Alfred, and Tony is known for hits like I Swear and I Can Love You Like That? All for one. That's correct. And at the end of our hot seat round, Matt has 200, Miranda has 100, Sean has 200, and Jane has 200. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. First was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30-second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions, or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. I'm your host, Brittany Shaw, and joining me tonight is my co-host and best frenemy, the Misty to my Ash Ketchum, Tim Dipple. Tim, how you doing, and what are you drinking tonight? All the rivals in the series of Pokemon, and you chose Misty? <laughs> they, em- they, they embodied the spirit of frenemyship. I guess. Uh, Brittany, welcome to season two, by the way. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad you could join us. I am too. And a special thank you to Aaron for filling in for me last week. Yeah, hopefully you're feeling a little better. We're, we're making do. So. Okay. Um, I am drinking. I drank last night. And as we all know, I can't drink too much because I get health problems. So I'm sticking with a Sam's Cola tonight and water. Nice. And uh, I'm excited to ride shotgun today. I'm excited to be back in the host chair. I'm trying to remember how to do this. It's been a while. so. Uh, but I do know what the next part is, and that's meeting tonight's players, or today's players, depending on what time of day you're listening to this. Um, you heard them in the hot seat. First off, from the DMV, it's Matt. Matt, welcome back. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Uh, I'm doing wonderful today uh, i'm drinking a glass bottle of coca-cola oh, love that sound uh and, and probably my biggest frenemy right now would be um lamar jackson uh <laughs> tough game for him today but you know we still love him here in the dmv which is where i am currently currently <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm assuming Lamar Jackson is a is a sports person, a, and someone in the comments will let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> he's a um, designer, actually. He's on. Oh, he's know. a designer. Uh, he's a football player. Okay. <laughs> Tim is regretting every decision he ever made asking me to co-host this. Uh, but it is great to have you back on season two. Um, so hopefully you remember how the game is played and we'll see how it goes tonight. So I do. I'm trying to avenge my loss in the playoffs. It's it's happening this year. Okay. Going all well, the way. There we go. Uh, we will move slightly over to a different section of the DMV in Crofton, Maryland, where we meet Miranda. Miranda, welcome to Frenemy. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your Frenemy? I am doing as well as I can. We had a tough loss here in the DMV, as Matt would call it. Um, our local ball of foot team just lost, unfortunately. So that was a little sad. But I'm doing well now because I will be drinking soon a Psycho Haze from a local Baltimore brewery, a checker spot. It's a good camp pop. You I act like you've bit. been here before. <laughs> I might have listened to an episode or two. <laughs> so for my friend of me, I would have to say it would be my friend Brad that I've known since elementary school, and we occasionally do board game nights together. So Brad, if you're listening to this, you know what you did. <laughs> uh, I don't think you could say it better. Uh, we're going to move uh, slightly away from you to, I think, just a different room in your house, maybe, and also conveniently located in Crofton, Maryland, where we will meet Sean. Sean, how you doing? What you drinking? Who would you consider your frenemy? And welcome. Doing well, thanks. I'm hanging out in the upstairs room while Miranda's holding down the uh, the living room. Um, doing all right, like we saw, everybody's commiserating the football loss. Um, uh, I tonight to commiserate, I am drinking an orange juiciest max from another local sapwood sellers in Columbia. So let's see if I can follow that can pop Miranda head. Yeah, a little weaker, but it'll work. It's still better than Tim's. <laughs> and uh, my friend of me staying on the football theme, I guess, has got to be Patrick Mahomes. He's been Lamar Jackson's nemesis now, apparently, and besides Lamar Jackson himself, and uh. I like to see him do well, just not at the expense of Ravens, because I want him to become the next goat, so we don't have to hear about Tom Brady anymore. That's fair. I uh, I had uh, um, Patrick Mahomes on my fantasy team. I don't know if fantasy football is still happening. I stopped checking it after um, something happened. I don't know. I just eventually stopped remembering to open the app. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's great to have you here and. Now we're going to move back to a different part of the DMV uh, and meet up with Jane. Jane, how you doing? What you drinking and who would you consider your frenemy? And welcome to Frenemy, by the way. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I am drinking a chamomile tea because I am very relaxed because the Chiefs beat the Ravens. Oh. Not everybody in the DMV is upset. I am rooting for America's love story to take place. <laughs> I want a proposal to Super Bowl. <laughs> I will not rest until this happens. Um, and I think my friend of me is Rambo, my cat, because he's really loud. He's obnoxious. And he threw up on the floor today, but I love him. He's so. being bad right now, tearing he's up furniture. He's being really bad right now. So he's actually hanging off of the furniture with his claws. He's in another part of the DMV also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
sits around the DMV. He sits around the DMV. Well, recurring I'm, frenemy, the cat. Yeah, the cat. I actually closed the door to the office because Simba has been either very well behaved or a complete menace lately. So uh, he is, since season one, he has embraced his celebrity status and has taken to ordering me out of my chair when I'm sitting in it. And um, I just didn't want to deal with that during recording because he will not stop until I stand up and then he takes my chair and then I have to deal with it. So um, yeah, I, I, I would say sometimes Simba is more of a friend of me to me than Tim, but you know, yeah, it's the cat. It, it varies. The recurring character. I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, but as far as what I am drinking before we jump into the game, um, I I'm drinking from Skeleton Key Brewery, a migratory toasted coconut ale. So I had this on season one. It's a delightful beer and I like it a lot. Solid. They actually just brewed it again this year. And I tried it when I was at Tringo there last week. And it was way more coconutty, this brew around. And it was really, really good. It's, It's a good beer regardless, but I really liked how much coconut is in the newest batch so uh but that is enough about me so it is time for us to jump into the team round tonight's first team is going to be matt and jane who have decided upon what team name um so we all know each other from playing pokemon go together a lot that was in our discord where we met each other so we picked pokemon names so we are it takes me two to tango i like it um, and that means our other team tonight will be Sean and Miranda. And what did y'all decide on as a team name? Uh, sticking with the Pokemon theme, we're going with just side ducking around. I like it. Um, I enjoy a good themed team name, and I like that y'all picked Pokemon as your theme. Uh, and before we jump into our first section, we will be starting tonight with uh, It Takes Mewtwo to Tango, having 1,400. And just side ducking around, having 1,300. So a very close game to start out. And that does bring us to the start of our first section, where our first three categories will be technically onomatopoeia, a video games question, not to mince words, a language question, and quam sape cogitas, a pop culture question. Go ahead and send your wagers to Tim. All right, Brittany, I do have both teams' wagers. Okay, then let's kick it off with question one, which is in Technically Onomatopoeia, a video games question. First appearing in 1996, what character created and designed by Atsuko Nishida shockingly evolved into more of a companion in later appearances in the franchise it was created for? Since being released, the character has been voiced with maximum effort by Ikue Otani, Kaiji Tang, and Toru Okawa, among others. And once once you guys agree on an answer, just say locked in and the other team can talk out loud. I'm already regretting this wagering. Oh man. We're we're locked in. in. Okay. It takes Mewtwo to Tango have locked in. Uh just side ducking around. You can talk it out. Okay, so we definitely remember this from Smash Brothers. Some guy Smash. being like, maximum effort. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar. 96 makes me think like Cloud from some of the later Final Fantasies. I can't remember if he ever said that in 
That was one of his phrases in Smash Bros. We might even be making the Smash Bros. part up. Yeah. Would 96 make sense with the beginning of Final Fantasy? Because a lot of the other guys, we talk, a lot of the others we talked about, like um, like Star Fox and Captain Falco, I think they were Super Nintendo era, so like early 90s. It also says shockingly evolved. Could that be a clue? Something with some kind of electric power? Shockingly. Sorry, are we like doing a poke are we missing the pokemon clue <laughs> it was also a franchise it was created for and i think pokemon did come out in 96 actually it also says technically automatopoeia so it could be like a name that has a sound in the name because all the pokemon say their own name anyway so are we yeah. just thinking pikachu, pikachu? then <laughs> all right let's just go with pikachu all i don't right, know let's... but then the maximum effort has doesn't make sense. And I thought it was a female that did Pikachu's voice, but I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I can't either. Now that okay. I've talked, our, now we talked ourselves into it. So we'll yeah, this has taken a turn. Okay. Lock in, lock in with Pikachu <laughs> so we don't look like dummies missing a Pokemon one on question one. All right, locking in with Pikachu. Uh, it takes me to Tango. What was your lodging and what did you come up with? Uh, we also didn't want to get a potentially Pokemon question wrong. Yeah. Um, and shockingly evolved 96 Game Freak. I've seen that before. Yeah. So I, I'm. it might be a maximum effort might just be because all they're saying is Pikachu. And it could be a little dig at them. Those voice actors only saying one word. Uh, we're going to lock in with Pikachu. Okay. And what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents? 300 on us, 100 on them. Okay. And just side ducking around, what were your wagers here? 300 on us, 300 on them. Okay. Well, I did know one fact about you coming into tonight, and that is what your in-person trivia team name is. Uh, so Maximum Effort is a reference to the character Deadpool, who was voiced by Ryan Reynolds, or played mm, by Ryan Reynolds, yeah, who voices right. Detective Pikachu in the movie. That's so right. this is yeah. shockingly Pikachu. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the technically onomatopoeia is that Pikachu's name is derived from two Japanese onomatopoetic words, Pika Pika for a sparkling sound and Choo Choo for the sound a mouse makes. So as an electric mouse, it goes Pikachu. That's really cute. That's fun. That's why he's everyone's favorite. Good, good save, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> we almost went to that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, and Tim, what did that do to our scores? I'm slowly getting back into the hang of how to host this. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Sean and Miranda pushed their points, so they're going to stick at 1300. Um, Matt and Jane, it's a, it takes Mewtwo to Tango, picked up 200 there, so it's 1600 to 1300. Okay. Well, that brings us to question two, which is not to mince words, a language question. If you started your night with a shot of tequila, then you ordered from Chipotle and splurged on guacamole, ate a side of coyote and elote, and for dessert had some chocolate or candy made with teocote, you would be consuming just a few of the loan words from what indigenous language of North America? As a side note, I don't know who it was who said it, but I am also cheering for the love story. Um, it was Jane. <laughs> I think Travis and Taylor are adorable together. We are locked in. Okay, it takes me to Tango of Locked In. Just side ducking around, you can talk it out. I'm trying to think of 
native indigenous tribes that are a little bit more southern. Only ones, what did we come up with? We came up with Cherokee, Sioux, Pueblo, Mojave. No idea which ones are closer southern. I was thinking, my first gut was Pueblo, Miranda. What are you thinking? I'm good with that. You spent some time in Florida, so that's a lot more south than I've well, Pueblo is more like Southwest, like Southern Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Mexico, I think. Yeah, I think that would be a better option then. I have no idea if that's the name of their language as well, but I couldn't tell you a language that is not the name of the tribe as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, let's just go with it. Indigenous language. Yeah, we'll lock in with Pueblo. Okay. And uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? 200 for us and 200 for them. Okay. Um, and it takes Mewtwo to Tango. What was your answer and what were your wagers? Um, well, starting off this night sounds like a lot of fun, but it'd be problems for my stomach. Uh, <laughs> we wagered 200 on us, uh, 300 on them. And what did we go with? So <laughs> this is really embarrassing um, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, <laughs> because <laughs> this is what we do. Mm. We we think that we have like a right answer and then we are like, we're able to talk ourselves out of it. Um, we ended up landing on Aztec, but as I was thinking about it, I was like, what is the name of the language? It's the language that Aztec speaks. It's not actually called Aztec. And I think it's Nohakal, but we went with Aztec. So <laughs> that is official answer. Aztec. That is our official answer. Okay. And I, and I heard a podcast on it recently too. And I'm like really bummed out. Okay. So, uh, it is an Uto, it is an Ute Azteca language. Uh, usually it is called Nahuatl, but it is also called Aztec or Mexicano. So we will be able to accept that. But it's also the language where we get the word axolotl, which is very cute. And even though this is an audio medium, I will show you the axolotl notebook that Aaron got me. And it is also very, very cute. So very cute. cute. It is adorable. So I believe we will give credit to it takes two to ten. It takes me two to tango, but not to just side ducking around. And Tim, what does that do to our scores? Well, Brittany, that is a uh, big swing in favor of it takes me two to tango. It's a 900 point swing as they pick up 500 while just side ducking around loses 400. It's 2100 to 900. Okay. Well, that brings us to the last question of the section, which is quam sape cogitas, a pop culture question. According to a recent meme, almost every day is a common response given by men when asked how often they think about what. Though the trend was initially started in 2022, it really gained traction in public forums like Instagram and TikTok in September 2023, even going so far as becoming a sketch in the SNL episode hosted by Jason Momoa. That's wild. I think we are locked in. We're locked in. Okay. It takes me two to tango is locked in. Just say ducking around. Go ahead and talk it out. Oh, God. <laughs> As we established earlier, Sean is an old man and hates TikTok <laughs> with a passion. What the fuck? What the fuck is a TikTok? <laughs> and as I am not a man, I don't know what they think about. <laughs> the list is pretty small. <laughs> like, we know what the red herring is here. So yeah. we're trying to steer mm -hmm. clear. But... We said that wouldn't be almost every day. Though. I was thinking right. the same thing. It would be every day. 
<laughs> so, I mean, what what does a man do almost every day, Sean? Like, I mean, this is going to be like a joke, like something stupid like Fruit Loops or something, and it caught on oh. and it became a trend. <laughs> okay, yes. But I think anyway. That is how I think, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if Jace Momo is doing it now. I think we're just going to have to come up with some stupid joke answer here. All right. Fruit Loops it is then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, what did you wager on Fruit Loops? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> uh, we wagered 100 on us, 100 on them. Okay. Um, it takes me to Detango. What did you come up with and what were your wagers? Um, we wagered 100 on us, 200 on them. And I think I remember this originating from like a guy on the street interview thing where they asked him, well, how often do you think about the fall of the Roman Empire? Oh, yeah, I remember everywhere. that. Now. <laughs> so uh, we believe it's the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's fine it's been i guess shortened to how often do you think about the roman empire mm-hmm. in the meme and quam saipe cogitas means how often do you think about in latin um i did have roman empire earlier but it said imperio romana and i was like that might give it away so <laughs> 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 but yeah the snl episode jason momoa hosted there was like a little musical number they did where he's like rome rome the empire of rome and it it was a great skit. And I then, loved that. Like the kid goes, "No, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it also evolved into the "What is your Roman Empire?" <laughs> the funny thing is, like my wife asked me that question, and my response was, "I don't know. Probably more than the average person. I write <laughs> trivia all the time." <laughs> and then I found out I'm apparently wrong because I think about it like once a month maybe if i'm writing <laughs> trivia and not enough right well um someone i was watching some of the original videos earlier today and uh some guy said yeah i think about it every day and his girlfriend was like what and he's like well if you're speaking english that's because of the roman empire so therefore you have to think about it every day if you speak english <laughs> i was like i mean i guess <laughs> <laughs> That guy will be on the next episode of Frenemy Trivia. <laughs> if I knew, I'm sure. <laughs> make sure make sure you give him a question about Fruit Loops then. Yeah. It's <laughs> perfect. Uh, that made me happy. I actually ate Fruit Loops for the first time in a while, like the other night. It was great. That's so, beautiful. Uh, Tim, what did that do to our scores? Well, Fruit Loops are like the third best O-shaped cereal. Um, but... Uh, it takes Mewtwo picked up 300 points. They swept that round while just Psyducking around lost another 200. So we enter the second section 2400 for It Takes Mewtwo to Tango and 700 for just Psyducking around. Okay. Well, then your categories for section two will be Britney obfuscates a hit in music, See You on the Other Side in literature. And wait, I thought that was a manga series in fashion. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers. And for the question you guys are inevitably not asking, um, Oreo O's are number one and Apple Jacks are number two. I was going to ask where Honey Nut Cheerios fell on the list. Because I was like, well, I was like, I mean, yeah, Apple Jacks, you've probably got ranked higher than Fruit Loops, but. Oreo O's are number one. 
I think when I first started dating Sean, it was just Count Chocula and um, SpaghettiOs in his, in his pantry. I did a, I had a friend who streamed on TikTok and he, we did this thing called uh, Bitchin' Kitchen, which is where like three of us would be on line and we would be like cooking a meal together kind of thing. And we did one where it was like a cutthroat kitchen style where people could sabotage us. And so one of my sabotages was we were making a pasta dish and I had to throw out all of my noodles and replace them from what I could harvest from a can of from a can of SpaghettiOs, which was very interesting to do. I love me Oreo O's. I don't think I've ever had Oreo O's. Oh, they're so good. They came out a little bit like after I was in a lot of cereal eating. I I had two bowls last weekend. You also have a toddler. So like, My toddler's too young to have cereal like that. I don't know how, how children work, so. <laughs> or at least he's too young for us to have given it to him. We, we think he's too young. That kid doesn't need more sugar. He eats like his body weight and fructose every day. Yeah, your kid is like simultaneously a child and 80 years old at the same time. Yeah, Bert's he's about to get a big bite of your foot. He's looking for fourth meal. Mm-hmm. Y'all like fourth wing? I like fourth meal. <laughs> is he a hobbit? Who, Rambo? Yeah. He's just fat. I think he weighs more than a hobbit. <laughs> he eats a lot of food every day. <laughs> all right, Brittany, let's go into section two. I have all the wagers. Perfect. So this first question is, Brittany obfuscates a hit in music. Name the song that danced its way to number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1987. I look in the mirror and all I see is a young old man with only a dream. Am I just fooling myself that she'll stop the pain? Living without her, I'd go insane. Wow. (laughs) I thought I countrified the hits. (laughs) I, you know, I Shatnerized everything last season. I thought I'd try something different. We'll see if that sticks. We are locked in. Okay. It takes Mewtwo to Tango have locked in. Just side ducking around. You can talk it out. So that's how our conversation is going. (laughs) 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 Lots and lots of strong thoughts on what this would be, which is the exact opposite of how this is going. Um, Look in the mirror. All I see is a young old man. Oh, so the eighties is kind of our. Uh, it's a very large blind spot. <laughs> it's probably so. Sean was thinking, um, "I want to dance with somebody" by Whitney Houston, but the the lyrics make it seem more like it's a man. Yeah, that is singing. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that you'll stop the. Looks pain. in the mirror. Just fool All myself. I see is a young man. All right. 87. What are you looking at? You're looking at MJ's still around making hits. Um, but there's think, the man in the mirror, right? But Yeah, I thought that might have got to num- number one anyway. Yeah. But if we don't have anything else, we might just yeah. have to go with it. Yeah, just want to go with it. I can't. Sure. Can't MJ. Go out. The song man is the- Man in the Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, going with Man in the Mirror. And uh, what were your wagers here? 
Uh, what did we do? We did 200 on us, 200 on them. Okay. And it takes me two to tango. What did you come up with and what were your wagers? Oh, this was all Matt. Um, we wagered 300 on us, 100 on them. And I believe, based on these lyrics, because I listen to a cover song of this all the time, that this is Boston's More Than a Feeling. Okay. All well, Matt. so this was on a movie soundtrack, and it was specifically written for one of the stars of the movie to sing. Um, that movie was Dirty Dancing, and this is Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. Oh. Mm. And that got to number three. That was bad for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just as bad for us. So. Yeah. <laughs> if only you knew somebody who knew something about Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of that guy before. You gotta start doing games here. If only there was a Patrick right Swayze book on our show. <laughs> <Staring> <laughs> We won't tell tell Neil. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but Tim, the royalties for it. He's good. <laughs> please do tell us what that did to the scores. Well, uh, that round or that question benefited just Psyducking around. They pushed their points for no change. They'll be at seven hundred. Uh, however, it takes Mewtwo to Tango lost two hundred there, so the gap closed just a little bit. It's now twenty two hundred to seven hundred. Okay, and that brings us to our second question, which is see you on the other side in literature. Violetta and the Wind Knows My Name are the most recent works published by which author whose first published work was La Casa de los Espiritus? This author was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2014 and the Chilean National Prize for Literature in 2010. All right, we are locking in. Okay, just ducking around has locked in. That means it takes me two to tango. You can talk this out. So this is really annoying for a variety of reasons uh, because I have Violetta on my bookcase right now and I am spacing on her name and I know everything else about her. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we've also written a question. About we wrote her a question well. about magical realism. Yes. Which we did. she's known for. Which she is known for. <laughs> and, and Violetta is about a pandemic. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, cause I got it during the pandemic. Um, Are we, I mean, I don't want to tap out. Um, but if we're not going to get there. Lucky Hernandez. Yeah, we wager <laughs> okay. 100 on us, 300 on them, and we say lucky, Ferna lucky Hernandez. 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 <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. And what did you, uh, so you locked up with a lucky Hernandez, and what did you wager on this? Uh, 100 for us, 300 for them. Okay. And just side-ducking around, what did you come up with? Yeah, we just wanted to lock in so that we didn't have to talk it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we went with a lucky Marquez. Okay. And uh, what did you wager here? Um, we wagered very poorly. We wagered 300 on us and 100 on them. Okay. Well, uh in Spanish, one of the translations for on the other side is Allende, and this would be Isabel Allende. Um, yep. And yep. my apologies for saying Violetta. I should have thought about the fact that it was probably pronounced Violetta. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I'm like, I could not, I could not remember her name, and it's just sitting there on mm -hmm. my bookcase. What I 
was fascinated to learn as I was writing this question was I have always thought that Isabella Allende, the writer, and Isabella Allende, the Chilean president, were the same person. No, they're cousins, like a couple times removed, but they're not the same person. I thought they were. So, What we're learning is that Brittany wrote this round specifically looking at Matt and Jane's bookshelf and going, you can't see these answers. <laughs> they're going to write questions on them. It's just outing us for not having read any of these uh, books. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't ever seen their bookshelf. <laughs> Ask me a lessons in chemistry yeah. question. I did read that one. You better not have a question about the complete idiot's guide to Middle East conflict. <laughs> lessons in chemistry is on my to be read pile. Yeah. Wow. Lessons in chemistry. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's on my one. TBR. Yeah. So I think it kind of lost the plot there at the end, but it was it was a pretty solid read. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, Tim, what did that do to our scores? Uh, 400 point swing in favor of it takes me two to tango who pick up 200 while just side ducking around loses 200. It's down to 2,400 to 500 entering question three. Okay. Uh, and that question is, wait, I thought that was a manga series, a fashion question. Inspired by old world elegance and sophistication, corduroy, tweed, and other textured fabrics in brown, wine, red, navy, and dark green tones are often found in what aesthetic? Staple wardrobe pieces of this aesthetic include plaid skirts slash pants, cardigans, and flat or short-heeled shoes being accessorized with vintage-style jewelry, glasses, and vegan leather messenger bags. We are locked in. Okay. It takes me to Tango of Locked In. Uh, just side ducking around, you can talk this one out. So what we're looking for is going to be the name of a manga series, I'm guessing, by the category. Should I just start naming manga series? Sure, because <laughs> you're gonna know more. You're gonna know more than I do. Oh gosh, we're looking for time. what an, an aesthetic. An aesthetic. It's not gonna be like vintage or. Ugh. Goodness, it's not boho. It's not modern. It's not like farmhouse rustic. Hmm. All right, what I have. Red on my shelf would be stuff like Naruto, um, Fruits Basket. None of these are, are anywhere close to an aesthetic. Uh, goodness. Okay. Yeah, none of this makes any sense to me. <laughs> this is so far outside of my knowledge base. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Pick, yeah. Pick <laughs> I don't know. I'm one of those like scientists who doesn't ever like think about clothes. Let's see. So <laughs> I just throw whatever I have on. Um, the seems, I mean, like, I can see the aesthetic. I just don't know what it's called, you know? It's not, like, indie or hipster, but it's kind of, like, in that range. Um, Is it, like, no? Uh, not anything, like, steampunk or anything? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure as soon as I hear it, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's it. But yeah, we don't have anything. So let's just go with, I don't know, vintage earth style. (laughs) Okay, going with vintage earth style. Um, And what did you wager on this? We wagered 100 on us and 300 on them. Okay. 
It Takes Me Two to Tango. What did you come up with and uh, what were your wagers? So we wagered 200 on us and 200 on them. And we thought maybe the, the manga, uh, manga series was probably One Piece, but we couldn't figure out how that fit in with anything. So we went with Maud. Okay. Uh, well, you did mention working as a scientist. Uh, and this is a very popular fashion among those in higher education. Um, the manga that I was talking about was My Hero Academia, but the fashion style is called Dark Academia. Mm. Oh, interesting. Learn something academia. new. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I hear about it, I'm like, isn't that that anime or manga series? <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, no, that's My Hero Academia. I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, but yeah, it's a uh, very stylized for like, it's like if you decided you wanted to dress like a old British college professor, like all the time, like elbow patches, super in, in dark academia. It's basically if you looked at Giles from Buffy. Yeah, that's, mm. that's actually the aesthetic I was going for in my head. And nice. I said <laughs> old English college professor, but that is basically Giles from Buffy. So we recently went to the um, International Spy Museum, and Sean's mission was to basically dress up as an old British professor. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because my, my assignment was in London, so I had to blend in. So I, of course, I had a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. Okay. Well, Tim, that's the end of our second round. How are our scores looking? Um, that actually favored just Psyducking around who picked up 200 points on wagers there while it takes Mewtwo to Tango, uh, lost or push their points. Uh, that was a hard round all around as everybody missed everything. It's 2,400 <laughs> to 700 in that section. Yes. That's, that's, uh, sometimes how it goes where it's like, you know, if everyone misses everything or everyone gets everything, it doesn't really changed the scores from the beginning of the round but uh let's see if you like round three better and those categories are bloomington illinois question mark a theater question one big family a movies and television question and the tears are in my mind and nothing is rhyming a science question go ahead and send your wagers to tim all right Brittany, i do have everybody's wagers for section three okay perfect then let's start with question one, which is Bloomington, Illinois, question mark, a theater question. With songs like Just Another Day, Superboy and the Invisible Girl, and I Am the One, which musical that debuted on Broadway in 2009 focuses on a suburban mother, her mental illness, and her familial relationships? The show was nominated for 11 Tonys and won for Best Original Score, Best Orchestration, and Best Actress in a Musical for Alice Ripley's Diane. All right, we're going to go ahead and lock in. Okay. Uh, just Psyducking around has locked in. That means it takes Mewtwo to tango. You can talk it out. Well, Matt is a huge fan of musicals, so oh, we're going to let him answer yeah. the question. Um, I'm more of a fan of Bloomington, Illinois, I guess. I, <laughs> um, I, was, I can't remember if Southern Illinois or Illinois State, one of the the schools i think is based in bloomington but i can't remember which one um so that was the only thing i was trying to go at but we have no idea you said beautiful is the name of one yeah i think that 2009 is like kind of the right time maybe for beautiful um 
Yeah. But I think that's about Carol King. I actually don't know anything about it, and I haven't heard it. Well, that's what um, we're... So that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, 200 on us, 300 on them. Let's hope they get it wrong. Okay. Lock it in, beautiful. And just side ducking around, what did you lock in with, and what were your wagers? Um, well, we ended up having a very dis- short discussion about nothing. Uh, we started talking about the only ones that I couldn't think of a single play other than rent. That's always my go-to Broadway answer, which is always wrong. The answer is never rent. rent. It's not. And I know that is way older anyway. That's about all I know about it. So we, Miranda proposed maybe waitress, maybe shucked. She's heard of those. Shucked was about a Midwest town and some corn, but we ended up locking in with waitress anyway. Okay. And what were your wagers? Oh, we did. What do we do? We did 100 on us, 200 on them. Okay. Well, uh, so the clue there for Bloomington, Illinois, uh, if you are from the Illinois area, you might know that there's a town near Bloomington called Normal. Perhaps Bloomington is next to Normal. And the musical is called Next Normal. It's actually a really beautiful, uh, I've listened to the soundtrack. The soundtrack is beautiful and it's supposed to be a very good Um, at least for the time, a good depiction of dealing with mental illness and how that affects your relationships with your family and um, getting treatment about it. They've made more discoveries in mental illness since the musical came out, but for its time, it was a celebrated depiction. So, yep. And it'll make you cry. All right. I'm putting it on my playlist now. Hopefully these points won't make you cry, but Tim, why don't you tell us what they are? <laughs> well, both teams can uh, not cry because both teams picked up 100 there. It's now 2,500 to 800. Okay. That's I love when you can get points for being wrong. Yeah, it's the beauty of front of me trivia. If you wager correctly, if you're wrong on something and the other team misses it too, you could actually both get points. But you eventually have to get something right. That's the part we're missing. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. We're, we're a second half team, remember? Well, you guys are missing it less than we are. So. <laughs> Good job. Well, we'll see how this one hits you. Uh, this is one big family in movies and television. One didn't want to grow up. One wanted to grow up too quickly. And one couldn't grow up until they called out its name. Not by coincidence. What surname is shared by these three actors? All right. We're going to go ahead and lock in. Okay. Uh, just side ducking around is locked in. It takes two, It takes Mewtwo to tango. You can talk it out. Let's talk it out. So <laughs> we're kind of basing, we're trying to think of one didn't want to grow up. We're thinking of everyone who played Peter Pan. Um, and we're looking at Robin Williams. and He's everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then wanted to grow up too quickly. We thought Tom Hanks from Big, maybe. Um and then one who couldn't grow up until they called out his name. And then we were just thinking Beetlejuice. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. And we ended up with Keaton. And you, there's a lot of Keatons. <laughs> there, there's a lot of Baldwins. I know. And he, hey, uh, Alex and Beetlejuice. He's not Beetlejuice, but he's in there. not Beetlejuice. No, he's one of the guys who dies. Well, who are there a lot of? That's what I said. There's a lot of. Are there a lot of Keatons? I don't know if they're all family. I just know Michael and Diane. Yeah. So in the end, we have nothing. And we're going to go with Williams. Sure. Williams. <laughs> uh, we wagered 300 for us, 200 for them. We're wagering. Okay. Uh, locking in with Williams. And uh, just side ducking around, what did you come up with here? 
And what were your wagers? So we also came up with William. So I'm sad you went that way. Um, we definitely, we had the exact same thought where Robin Williams for Peter Pan. And then I thought maybe Maisie Williams for Arya from Game of Thrones could have fit. Maybe she wanted to grow up too fast. Um, we couldn't think of anything else except for my, Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice as well. <laughs> but we're like, obviously that doesn't fit. But yeah, we ended up with Williams. Okay. And what did you come up with for points? 200 for us and 100 for them. Okay. I am seeing why y'all are a trivia team in real life because you are both very good about coming up with the same answers. Um, Matt, you may not want to hear this, but you actually did say one of the part of the right answer in your discussion. Um, because the clue for one wanted to grow up too quickly was about the movie Big, also in one big family. Um, so that one was from the movie Big, and that was Tom Hanks's character on how he became big. Uh, one didn't want to grow up is not Peter Pan, but is Toys R Us. Um, I don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. The voice for Jeffrey Giraffe was Jim Hanks. And then uh, not Beetlejuice, but the game, the movie Jumanji is how you win. And Colin Hanks plays the kid that got sucked into the video game oh, version. Even said that Colin gets Hanks. <laughs> spit back out. Jeez. Um, at after they say the title of the movie. So not by coincidence, because Colin is Tom's son and Jim is Tom's brother, this would be the Hanks family. This is literally Ooh. what we said. Wow. <laughs> and and fun fact. Colin Hanks. Hanks for nothing. <laughs> Jim and Tom have an older brother named Larry Hanks, who's a professor of entomology at the University of Illinois at uh, Urbana-Champaign. As a fun fact. I was even singing the Toys R Us jingle when I heard the first line. And I was like, well, I'm never going to get. You didn't say any of that, Sean. I'm, you expect me to get uh, with, uh, the giraffe's Miranda actor's name? <laughs> yeah, immediately. Jeffrey Giraffe played by. Obviously. Tom Hanks' brother. I never heard, that conne- never heard that connection. T. Hank, Sean. T. Mm-hmm. Hanks for nothing. <laughs> you know, I was trying to work in some sort of T. Hanks for nothing into the club. I was like, I don't know how to do that like one of the possibilities was Erky day because <laughs> you just take the t off of thanks but you our know next uh our next team name when we retire pikachu pacabras will be t hanks for, t- 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 for nothing t- there it is <laughs> all right well tim uh both teams missed it but what how did that affect their scores well, uh, last question. Both teams picked up 100. This time, they're both giving them right back. We're right back at 2,400 to 700 mm-hmm. as we enter uh, question three, or section three, question three. Mm-hmm. And that question is, the tears are in my mind and nothing is rhyming. A science question. First synthesized in 1912, 3,4-methylene is the scientific name for what pharmaceutical with stimulant and minor psychedelic properties. Though certainly not its most popular use, it was used in the 70s to enhance psychotherapy. At present, it has been approved for limited use in Canada, but is still pending FDA approval in the U.S. All right, we're going to go ahead and lock in. Okay, just just side ducking around is locked in. It takes me to tango. You can talk it out. We went through a lot of different drugs, and we, for no real reason, settled on ketamine. 
100 for us, 100 for them. Okay. And uh, so locking in ketamine, just side ducking around, what did you come up with? Um, so we initially looked at, thought about maybe LSD, um, but then we know scientists usually aren't very creative in their naming schemes. So LSD is lysogenous, some uh, lyso something, something LSD stands for something. So we looked at the name you gave us, tried to abbreviate it into an acronym and came up with MDMA. So we went MDMA. Okay. And what did you go with your wagers here? Oh, we did 300 for us, 300 for them. Okay. Well, um, also sometimes referred to as ecstasy or Molly or Mandy, uh, and Mandy, the lyrics are the clue, the Barry Manilow song. Oh. Um, this is in fact MDMA because yeah, scientists aren't that creative when it comes to abbreviation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you did pick up that one. Yay. Points. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I mean, doing some quick it's... math in my head, I think you picked up some points there, but Tim can confirm that. Well, if there was ever a time for a turnaround, it was there as uh, it takes Mewtwo to Tango lost 200 and just Psyducking around picked up 600 for an 800-point swing. It is now 2200 to 1300, and we have a ball game. Look at that, Miranda. We're still alive. Of it takes Mewtwo to Tango? Yes, it takes Mewtwo to Tango is still in the lead, but it is much closer now. Okay. Our categories for round four are a really kooky story and current events, damn it, Janet in religion and mythology, and an average life question mark in history. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers. All right, Brittany. So for the last time in the team round, I have everybody's wagers. Thanks, Tim. So our first question in round four is a really kooky story in current events. Brumation was in the news the last week of January as an employee of Shallot River Swamp Park went viral on TikTok describing how his, quote, swamp puppies were taking a break from being sassy and just conserving energy due to the freezing temperatures. In what state would you find Shallot River Swamp Park where, when the weather isn't freezing, you might be able to find the alligators partying with Madeline Klein? We are going to lock in. All right, it takes Mewtwo to Tango have locked in. That means just Psyducking around, you can talk it out. Yeah, we're close to locking in as well. So I remember, not on the TikToks, because I don't know what a TikTok is, but uh, on other social media forums, uh, I remember seeing videos going around of gators frozen in the ice when you guys had your freeze down down south uh, last week, I guess, Um, because they... to survive the ice, they have their nose sticking above the water line so they can still breathe, but they just chill till they warm back up. And I don't know where Charlotte River Swamp Park is, but I know they got gators in North Carolina. And since Tim is in North Carolina, we added a little game theory to it and locked in with North Carolina. Okay. Uh, and what'd you wager here? Oh, uh, what did we wager on this one? We wagered 200 on us, 100 on them. Okay. So locking with North Carolina. Uh, it takes me two to tango. What did you come up with and what were your wagers? We wagered 300 on us, 100 on them. And this just felt like a real Alabama story. Uh, not quite Florida man, but maybe Alabama gator. I don't know. We went with Alabama. Okay. Locking with Alabama. Well, 
uh, clue in there with a really kooky story and Madeline Klein. Uh, Madeline Klein is the star of the show Outer Banks. Uh, and the two rival gangs on the show are the Kooks and the Pogues. Um, and it takes place in Outer Banks, North Carolina. So it is, in fact, mm. North Carolina. Tim is just a coincidence. but i like the game theory (laughs) but yeah apparently i just learned about this last night apparently there were gators that were just frozen in the ice and the guy called them swamp puppies and said they were taking a break from being sassy (laughs) yeah this story's popped up on our news a lot this week it's kind of cool but also terrifying because alligators um, and also, I didn't mean to tell you guys that we had a deep freeze last week. Uh, I didn't realize that question was coming. Yeah, I couldn't uh, stop you because it would give it away that that question was coming. <laughs> right. Uh, and I I mean, I didn't give it to him. I mean, I gave it to everybody. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you probably want to know what that did to the scores. I would if you want to tell me. And thanks to a couple of well-timed gets for just Psyducking around, they're now only trailing by 200 points uh, because they picked up 300 there and uh, It Takes Mewtwo to Tango lost 400. So it is 1,800 to 1,600 in favor of Mewtwo with just two questions left. Okay. It's it's intense. Would y'all say you were a second half team? Yeah. (laughs) We had to get uh, one beer in here. Yeah. I'm a second half player myself, so I understand. Uh, but let's take it to question number two in Damn It, Janet, a, rig- a religion and mythology question. In The Good Place, there is a notable scene where Ted Danson's Michael repeatedly requests a file from Darcy Carden's Janet, who hands him a cactus, calling it a file. While this may seem like a normal day working customer service, it can also be viewed as a modern interpretation of a Greek myth with the cactus representing a large rock and Michael filling the role of witch king of Ephira trapped in a bad place. I think we're locked in, right, Sean? Okay, just side ducking around is locked in, which means it takes me two to tango can talk this out. So, I think, cool. it's, I think it's um, the guy that has to roll the boulder up the hill. Yeah. It starts with an H, maybe? Does that sound... Have, I don't know. I, I don't know if I we're going to get to it. I don't know if we are either. We, I think we threw out just about every name we could come up with, and nothing really sounded right. Yeah. Um. You said Atlas. He has to hold a big rock. It's a different rock. Earth. <laughs> it's a different rock. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hercules had a lot of uh, labors mm. that he had to do. I don't think this was... I don't think this is one of them. Mm, no. Um, and then I, I thought something with an M and I said Midas and that's not right. Cause he had the, the golden touch. Gold. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and his name, uh, we don't know. Let's go with Prometheus. Prometheus. Oh, okay. Go on with Prometheus. And what were your wagers? Uh, 100 for us and 300 for them. Okay. Uh, so locking in with Prometheus, just side ducking around. What did you come up with and what were your wagers? So we've been, or at least I've been recently trying to brush up on Greek mythology because it comes up in the trivias fairly often. So I was hoping it was going to be one that I recognized. And then you read the question. I was like, well, shit. So I remember as far as rock stories go, there was the one about Kronos, the Titan eating all the gods 
and then his baby mama tricked him so he didn't eat Zeus and he fed him a rock instead. And that's and then Zeus came back, got him to puke up the, his brothers and sisters, and then they killed all the Titans. Greek Greek mythology is fun, um, and that it didn't involve a single king. So I was like, well, I don't know. The only one, I, only story I remembered reading was about I think the Battle of Troy, and I remembered the king's name was Agamemnon, and I have no idea what he was the king of, but we locked in with that. Okay. And uh, what'd you come up with for wagers for this? Wagers, because I was hoping it was one that I just recently read. We did 300 on us and 300 on them. Okay. Well, um, that is a story about rocks. Uh, the story rocks. <laughs> and uh, also, you know, the Atlas, you know, the earth is a big rock. Sure. Um, neither <laughs> of those are this thing. Um <laughs> Uh, king Agamemnon was, I believe, I think he was, he may have been the king of, of Sparta, maybe. I don't remember my Trojan War stuff well enough. However, if you've ever heard of the term a Sisyphean task um, or the myth of Sisyphus, that's the guy who has to roll the boulder up the hill and it rolls back mm. down and then yep, first to do that all the time. Uh, this is Sisyphus. Oh, we knew who Matt it was. Had the, Matt had the right story. Yeah. He did have the right story. <laughs> Matt had the right story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but Tim, while we keep rolling along. Hey. Hey. I like it. Yeah. Why don't you? Well, I, I was going. I was going to point out that any parent of a toddler knows that cleaning a house is a Sisyphean task, <laughs> um, and yet we keep doing it. However. Uh, just side looking around, push their points while it takes Mewtwo to Tango, picked up 200. So there's a little bit more of a lead for Mewtwo. Uh, they lead 2,000 to 1,600 heading into the final question, but it can still go either way. Okay, well, let's see how it goes. In an average life question mark, a history question. After Henry VIII died in 1547, making her a widow for the third time, what woman, the first to publish original works in England under her own name, took on the role of guardian to Elizabeth. She remarried in secret, died the following year due to childbirth complications, and her funeral, where the chief mourner was Lady Jane Grey, was the first Protestant funeral held in English in the kingdom. And yes, I've done the math. Depending on how this question plays out, either team can still win. Well, with that information, we are going to lock in with a guess. Okay, it takes me two to tango has locked in, meaning that just psyducking around can talk it out. Hmm. So you've heard of Anglophiles. I am an Anglophobe. I despise <laughs> all things English history. <laughs> Again, he is a grumpy old man at heart. Yep, yep. Uh, as all the... As some rednecks like to say, we fought a war to not have to remember who the queen yeah. is of England. Do <laughs> lose all years. that tea to remember who's queen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's just it's just something that always escaped me in my history knowledge. So, Miranda, do you have anything to go off on this one? No, um, I was just listening to a podcast about the War of the Roses, and I stopped at Henry the Seventh. So, <laughs> so Henry the Eighth. He had what six wives. And the last one is the one that survived, obviously, and it would have been his last one when he died. Yeah. So we basically need to figure out who his last wife was. Yeah. So it's like, you know, 
survive, dead, beheaded, survive, dead. I don't, I don't know. There's a rhyme there. But... Divorce, survive, yeah. di- divorce, survive. Yeah, no, <laughs> one of the. I think it's like divorce, beheaded, survive. Divorce. There's two divorces, and then, yeah. I, don't know. The, I think the last, the last one survived. Yeah, the last one's got to be a survive, based on how this question is worded. Right. So. Well, he and he married a bunch of Janes, but there's a Jane Grey. In this one, I know Jane Seymour was the, like his the second or third one, whichever one was not Anne Boleyn. Right. Yeah. There was, <laughs> there was a Catherine, perhaps of Aragorn. Yeah, she was the first one. That's the divorce. And then I really extra stopped paying attention when he got to number four. <laughs> no. I mean. Jane was recommending the Tudors to me because I'm feeling a big Henry Cavill hole after The Witcher, and I really need some more yeah. Henry Cavill in my life. So I might pick that up soon, but I <laughs> unfortunately am very um, negligent in my knowledge of English monarchs. There, were there any other? Were there Catherines? Were there Elizabeths? Oh, that says Guardian of Elizabeth. Um, Let's just lock in with a random Catherine, or yeah. A lucky Catherine? Sure. We may need a last name, but I don't think it's right anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. They're, they're English. You just, put say... a number, you just put a number after it. I'm going to say for any wife you choose to lock in with, I will need a sir, surname. A, a more identifiable. What do you want, Miranda? I have no idea. Um, you seem to have some kind of knowledge about this. All right. Catherine the second. <laughs> okay. Just put a number on there because I don't know any other Catherines. All right. Going with Catherine the second, and how did you wager on this? Uh, probably poorly. We wagered one hundred on us, two hundred on them. Okay. Uh, well, it takes me two to tango. What did you come up with, and what were your wagers? We decided on Mary, Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. and our wagers were two hundred and two hundred. Okay. Well. Um, not to spoil the podcast for you, but the War of the Roses ended when Henry VII became Henry VII. So it's a good point to stop the War of the Roses because that's when they stopped. Um, <laughs> uh, his son was Henry VIII. And the, I think the mnemonic you were looking for was divorce, beheaded, died, divorce, beheaded, survived. There it is. Um, that's that's the it. That's You're it. right. The last one would be the survivor. Although technically there were two that survived him. Just the second one was the other divorce. Um, that was Anne of Cleves. Um, and then Catherine Howard was the second one to be beheaded. And then Catherine Parr was the last one. And so Parr being a sports word for an average of sorts. Um, gotcha. Yeah, this was Catherine Parr. She was a published author in her own right. She had already been married twice before she married Henry VIII. And, she, and then she married Thomas Seymour, who was the younger brother of Jane Seymour. And... Uh, father and uh who was the mother to edward the sixth and then lady jane gray was the one that he appointed to replace him and then there was the nine day war thing so this was Catherine parr and i to quote jay borsom on your behalf you don't have to learn that because we won that war so there we go (laughs) i just happen to be obsessed with that time period and probably know more that's my roman empire so um, almost every day <laughs> almost every day <laughs> but not as much as fruit loops i hope uh probably not as much as fruit loops but uh <laughs> tim 
I think I know what happened to that score, but why don't you let us know uh, how we parred out? Okay. Well, just side ducking around picked up 200 points while it takes Mewtwo to Tango pushed their points. Just side ducking around did mount a comeback and made it a very close game, but we're going to end our team round with a score of 2000 to 1700 in favor of it takes Mewtwo to Tango. Nice. That's way more respectable than I thought we were going to end up with. Probably great. Um, before I do the next part, are you going to stick around to trash talk or do you all have to go? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll trash talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk some trash. Okay. We got a fridge. We got a fridge full of beer. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that means we have reached the end of our first half and our advancing players are going to be Matt and Jane. Uh, Sean and Miranda will be sticking around to trash talk and serve as a frenemy gallery of sorts. Uh, both, you know, uh, cheering on or discouraging their other team opponents or just lamenting how much more they knew in the second half than they did in the first half. Uh, but we will see the game of Matt versus Jane in round two right after these messages. Coming this February to the PTE Network, a podcast unlike any other, except for maybe two or three. A podcast hosted by a Chicagoland trivia veteran. Is it Jay Borzum? No, not her. Is it Brittany Shaw? No, it's not her either. Is it Jeremy Goodson? Just shut up and let me do my job. Okay. <clears throat> Where was I? Oh, right, promo. It's the newest podcast on the PTE Network. We play fantasy sports just without the sports. It features drinking, pointless arguments, and needlessly confusing homophones. Welcome to Draft Days. I'm your host, Jeffy Donuts. Listen along as my guests and I draft fantasy teams of just about anything, and then use made-up rules to see which of us will take home the trophy and which of us is just hot dookie. Join us every Wednesday for another episode of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a beer pun. Listen to my dad's podcast. Thank you, Lucas. That was very sweet. And welcome back. As a reminder, round two functions like round one, except for when one player locks in, their opponent only has 30 seconds to lock in their answer. For round two, we have Matt versus Jane. We've split the points they earned in the team game, rounded up, and both will be starting with a thousand. All right. Right, Tim? Okay, cool. That's um, correct. They finished with 2,000. Oh, yep. They finished with 2,000. You split that in half, it's a thousand each. So, um, yeah, so we'll jump into it if y'all are ready. We are ready. Cool. Ready to go? All right. Well, then the categories for round five are Titans of the Screen in TV, Titans of the World in Geography, and Titans of the Titans in Sports. Go ahead and get those wagers over to Tim. <laughs> All right, Brittany, let's kick off this individual round. I have both players' wagers. Okay, thanks, Tim. Uh, your first question is Titans of the Screen in TV. Walker Scoble, Leah Sava Jeffries, and Aryan Samhadri are the lead actors in what 2023 series based on a series of books appropriately published by the Hyperion Wing of the parent company? I'm locked in. Okay, Matt I'm is locked in. in. Jane, you You're have 30 in? seconds. You're locked in when you were watching it in the den like yeah. two days ago. <laughs> yeah. When we saw Percy motherfucking Jackson. Adam, Adam Copeland. 
Edge. Edge. Who is in the show. Yeah, I believe um, this is uh, Percy Jackson based on the books by Rick Riordan. (laughs) Not that that's necessary. What were your wagers? Apparently I'm hosting. Sorry. I put put 300 on me Uh for this one. And I put 200 on you. Okay. I wager 200 and 200 and also obviously said Percy Jackson. Percy motherfucking Jackson. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Brandon, Sean, do either of you watch the series? Nope. That was also uh, also off my radar. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, now, that it, now that I know it's called Percy motherfucking Jackson, yeah, I will right, tune right. in. <laughs> That's the version with Samuel L. Jackson in it. <laughs> That's the version I want. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, this is... motherfucking lightning bolt, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, technically, the series is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. However, you mm. both clearly know what show you're talking about, and I'm not going to penalize you for that. So, I just want our listeners to know that I know what the name of the series is. So All that matters um, right now. <laughs> But yeah, it is published by the Walt Disney Company, and they have a wing of their publishing company called Hyperion, which is the name of a titan in Greek mythology. So, and and Sean, you uh, you want to brush up on your Greek mythology? There's, I remember the name Hyperion. Oh, I just the Percy Jackson show. Oh, it's all that about guy. Greek mythology. I played the God of War games. That's my knowledge of Greek mythology. Uh-huh. And also, Edge was expertly cast. Perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. As Ares, god of I had to war. Matt, like, is this Edge? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Is this better than the movie that came out? Oh, yeah. 2010? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the movie was good as a movie, but it was terrible as an adaptation. Yeah. The series is a decent adaptation. Obviously, okay. they changed some stuff because there's some things that happen in the books that might not be as child friendly. Lynn Manuel Miranda is in it. Yeah. Ooh. So obviously, it's good. Uh, but yeah, both of our players got that one right, Tim. So, yeah, and that worked out in Jane's favor. Who's going to pick up a hundred while Matt pushes? So she takes a slight lead, eleven hundred to a thousand. Well, let's move on to Titans of the World, then, shall we? A geography question. Spanning the northwestern part of Africa, including Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia, what mountain range might conjure feelings of the weight of the world on your shoulders, especially if you share a name with Marvel's Iron Fist? Sean is locked in. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> you had me at Northwest Africa. <laughs> I'm locked in. Are you? Okay, yeah, Jane is that. locked in. That means, Matt, uh, you have 30 seconds. Are you? Well, luckily I only wagered 100 on me, but I wagered 300 on you, so that's bad. Um, Iron Fist is... Um, I believe that terrible show that was a, a Netflix one, but I don't remember anything else about it. Um, uh, five seconds, boy, that's not good. Um, the I need an answer. Uh, the Mountain Dew. Mountain <laughs> Dew. Okay. Um, and Jane. What did you lock in with? Um, I knew that Matt was was going to just do phenomenally at <laughs> geography. I gave him 300 on this one. Yeah. 
And I'm actually really surprised because Matt and I just talked about this about five minutes ago, the weight <laughs> of the world on your shoulders as if it were Atlas. Mm-hmm. So I said not, the Atlas not, Mountains. Not the Shine Downs. <laughs> and uh, what did you wager on yourself, Jane? Um, I think I wagered 200 on me. Okay. Yeah, 200 on me. Uh, yeah, if only we had just talked about this person <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> you can't and expect me to remember five minutes ago. Again, having to play it cool with y'all just discussing. I remember Atlas. The Earth yeah. is a rock. Like That's about yeah. to come up. <laughs> Too busy thinking about the fall of the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy thinking about Rome. You should be thinking about Greece. Almost every day. Uh, but yeah, Atlas is the titan who's tasked with holding up the world. Um, the Atlas Mountains are in northwestern Africa. And uh, yeah, uh, Marvel's Iron Fist is named Danny Rand. And mm-hmm. if you've ever owned an Atlas, it was probably published by Rand McNally. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> hey, Tim, I don't have a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I'm just going to bear this whole podcast on my shoulders. Um, Sounds about right. Jane picks up 500 in a 900-point swing as Matt loses 400. It's now 1,600 to 600 in favor of Jane. Is that bad? Seems bad. Based on my math. It's not insurmountable, but, you know. Matt prefers alternative facts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if Matt prefers this question, which is Titans of the Titans in sports. What 1995 Heisman Trophy recipient was drafted in the first round by the Houston Oilers and throughout his professional career rushed for 10,000 yards while never missing a start, making him only the second NFL running back to do so? Since retiring from the NFL, he has gotten his MBA, been on Broadway, owns a restaurant in Columbus, and is the current head coach at TSU. Oh, and he shopped for food containers at a Middle Middle Tennessee Publix in 2007. Locked in. Okay. Jane is locked in. Matt, you have 30 I'm seconds. I think he was uh, on the Madden cover in 2003. I think that's Probably. him. Yeah. Uh, I believe this is Edward George. It is Eddie George. And I saw him in Chicago on Broadway. And I was like, wow, he has a really heartwarming story about why he turned to Broadway. Um, I wagered 300 on me, 100 on her. And she said and that I this is the, the only Titan that she knows is Eddie George. So. Oh, I think Tannehill is the Titan, yeah. right? This is going to be that game. Name, name <laughs> Titan. I'll be here all day. Um, yeah, 300. Uh, no, I wagered 100 on me and 100 on you. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so fun fact. Uh, in 2007, I worked at a Publix, and uh, this person came in looking for food containers. I helped them find them, um, and then he left. And then my coworkers were like, do you know who that was? And I was like, no. And then they told me, they were like, they were like, that was Eddie George. I was like, oh, I've heard of him. He was on the Tennessee Titans. I think I had his, like, my parents had his jersey at some point. And they were like, yeah. So that's how I learned that that was Eddie George. But yeah, apparently he's done a lot since retiring from the NFL. And apparently he was a bigger deal than I realized at the time because I was 10 and (laughs) Uh, as far as I knew at that point, Eddie George was that guy I met a couple of times, technically. So it is Eddie George, and he is the one whose wife was on Survivor, just to mm-hmm. refer to your earlier conversation. Yeah. 
And with that, Matt does pick up 200 points while Jane pushes there. Uh, so we leave section one. Jane has Matt doubled up 1,600 to 800. Big Eddie George stands here. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's see how this next set of questions pans out for you. The categories for this section are, this clue is not the hammer in TV. What's a motto with you in history and slogans? And an apt depiction in movies. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers. Sean and Miranda, what are your feelings on the set of clues? I have <laughs> thoughts and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was checking the football score, so I missed the categories. <laughs> uh, it's, this clue is not the hammer in television. What's a motto with you? And an apt depiction. I'm here to learn. Okay, that's my feeling. I'm here, well, so I don't get fired. Just to reference Marshawn Lynch again. <laughs> All right, Brittany, I have the wagers. Thanks, Tim. Your first question is, this clue is not the hammer in TV. Playing a pompous penman and a promising patrol officer, what performer has spent the better part of the last 15 years on shows that have titles that somewhat allude to the same chess piece? This isn't the first time this person has played a first responder, as they also spent a year portraying a firefighter alongside possibly the biggest Wham! fan ever. Um, I'm locked in. Okay, Matt has locked in, meaning, Jane, you have 30 seconds to talk this out. <clears throat> All right. Well, I don't know any of this. Uh, I know some chess pieces. We have probably, like, king or knight. It's probably not pawn. Maybe not rookie. I don't know anything about Wham. Um, a pompous penman. Um, I don't know. So how about um, Kevin Bacon? All right. Jane locking in with Kevin Bacon. And what did you wager on this? 300, unfortunately. For me and Matt. Mm. Okay. And uh, Matt, what did you come up with? Uh, well, I wagered 300 on me, 100 on Jane. Uh, the clue is not the hammer, but I believe this actor was the hammer in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Um, I think the chess piece is Castle. I think this person is Nathan Fillion. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the shows are Castle and The Rookie, uh, because Castle and Rook are the same chess piece. Um, this came up in a trivia I was playing where I was trying to figure out what chess piece it was i was like wait he was in series that are named sort of for the same chess piece so um that was just me wanting to turn it into a fact and the biggest wham fan ever is ryan reynolds um in the show a uh, two guys a girl and a pizza place which nathan oh. fillion and ryan reynolds both mm. starred in uh so this is in fact nathan fillion who also played captain hammer in dr horrible sing-along blog okay a little in my wheelhouse there and with that, we had a thousand point swing. So Matt now has the lead, uh, twelve hundred to Jane's one thousand. Okay. Well, then let's keep it going with the second question, with which is, "What's a motto with you in history and slogans?" You may be surprised to learn that friendship is the Texas state motto. Perhaps you believe the motto was "Don't mess with Texas," but that slogan, which turned thirty-five in twenty twenty, was originally created to be and still used as a slogan for a campaign against what illegal activity? Locked in. Jane is locked in. Matt, you have thirty seconds. Um, 
Don't mess with Texas. Messing Texas. I imagine that it would be probably jaywalk. No, I, I'm going to go with littering. Littering. Okay. I wager 100 on me, 300 on Jane. Okay. And uh, Jane? It's littering. And <laughs> I wager... Littering and? Littering and? Littering and um, 100 on Matt and 200 on me. Okay. Well, um, Jane, you're from Texas, right? Like originally? No. Oh, <laughs> Washington State originally, but I did live in Texas. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, are... there is a Texas nexus. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's a, yeah. I was like, there's something with Texas and yeah. you living there for at least a time. I just forgot when. So, um, yeah. Uh, Don't Mess with Texas was designed as an anti littering campaign. Hmm. Okay, so uh, that one swung the lead back the other way as Jane picked up 100 and Matt lost 200. So it's now 1,100 to 1,000 in favor of Jane. Okay, and that brings us to an apt depiction in movies. Featuring T.J. Miller, James Corden, Anna Ferris, and Sir Patrick Stewart, as well as music by Patrick Doyle, what 86-minute film won Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screen Combo, and Worst Screenplay at the Razzies for 2017? While Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 6%, other critics thought it was just meh. Mm. I'm locked in. Jane uh -oh. is locked in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. I don't know. TJ Miller. Um, he's Is he the Flash? Maybe he's the Flash. I don't know. James Corden, annoying man, Sir Patrick Stewart, icon, um, Anna Ferris, house bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. Most notable role. <laughs> I'm going to go. With... She was in that one TV show. Yeah. I'm going to go with house bunny. Uh, I wager 200 and 200. All right. Matt going with house bunny. Jane, you locked in pretty quickly. What did you go with? I did. So I think that if, if, if I'm correct on this, my favorite fact about this movie is that Saudi Arabia had closed uh, movie theaters for a long time and they reopened they reopened airing this movie. And I believe it's the emoji movie. Okay. And what did you wager on yourself and Matt? I, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, Tim knows. I, I wagered. Thumbs down um, emoji. Thumbs down emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um for me for matt i wagered 200 and for me i wagered 100 okay well um for our listeners who can't see the written clues the clue is an apt depiction but it's spelled a-p-p-e-d mm. um and uh, tj miller's character was named meh uh this is in fact the emoji movie I didn't remember the Saudi Arabia fact, but now that you've said it, I think I do remember that being a thing. And it's like, imagine reopening just to show the emoji movie. Right. And then it happens to be like the worst movie possible. This is so. Oh, and uh, Sir Patrick Stewart voices the poop emoji, if you were yeah. wondering. After lifting a 35 year cinema ban, Saudi Arabia screens the emoji movie. <laughs> like, and promptly closed it forever. <laughs> bad idea <laughs> out of here uh sean or miranda did you know that one no we were like oh is it cats nope it's not cats <laughs> <laughs> which also tanked but or it was yeah. awful but different year and not quite six percent it got a whole 19 percent yeah. wow i Taylor would respect the jason derulo there 
Jason Call, Derulo. Calling T.J. Miller's character meh might be the most apt character name <laughs> for an actor ever. Jennifer Coolidge played his mom. I'm just very meh about T.J. Miller in general. Okay. And I mean, are there any T.J. Miller stands out there? I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the buddy in uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, but with that, uh, Jane is going to pick up 300 while Matt loses 700. So now it is 1400 to 600 in favor of Jane. Yeah, we're going to move on to the next set of questions. And those categories for that round are don't call it a comeback in religion and government, brain blast in music, and a pointless question in literature. Brittany, we have a maximum of six questions left. I have the wagers for three of them. Let's get going. Okay, let's get going. I was like, wait, how do we have a max of six questions left? But you're right, we have two rounds. That's how that works. I can math. Um, but your first question of those potential six is, don't call it a comeback, a religion and government question. In 2007, China passed a law making it illegal for Tibetan monks to do what without government permission? The order stipulates that approval is required by four governmental bodies or criminal responsibility shall be pursued. Locked in. Jane is locked in, which means, Matt, you have 30 seconds. Do you feel good about it? No. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Ladies love cool James. That's a song. Okay. So I believe that this would be, it's illegal for Tibetan monks to uh, be cool. Uh, watch Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, is that what you're locking in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's you your wager? <laughs> <laughs> to watch the Samuel Jackson classic. I just to watch it on Shark Week. I wagered. Uh, what, never letting us have a good time. One hundred on me, three hundred on Jane. Okay. Um, I I said something I think is more realistic. Uh, I said talking, but I but I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Okay. Uh, what'd you oh, wager? I, I wagered uh, two hundred on Matt and one hundred on on me. Okay. Well, uh, Sean or Miranda, do you have any ideas? I missed the question. I was on beer break. Okay. <laughs> He's like, yes. I was. You. I like the deep blue sea answer, though. <laughs> I was watching my dog. He was going a little crazy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, I have no idea. Well, in 2007, China made it um, something they could pursue criminal responsibility for if Tibetan monks reincarnated without governmental <laughs> permission. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, to... I was I was gonna say set themselves on fire, but I thought that, that was like too that? much. That was gonna be closer. They have yeah. to fill out four applications um to different governmental bodies, basically different levels of the same state department, but like at the local level all the way up to the national level, if they believe that one of their monks is the reincarnated Buddha, they have to get oh, legal boy. approval for him to be the reincarnated Buddha. All right. So that's a thing. That exists. And don't call it a comeback, <laughs> even though that's what reincarnation is. <laughs> Just come back. <laughs> um, but Tim, let's uh, enforce those points because we don't need China's permission. <laughs> uh, this is America. 
Brittany, you would have been much better off if you had said Matt was making a slight comeback of his own as he picked up 200 points there mm. and Jane picked up 100. Uh, so that gap closed just a little bit. Jane now leads 1,500 to 800. Mm. Okay. Points were reincarnated. Hi, well, uh, let's see how you handle Brain Blast, a music question. The name of what indie supergroup could also be used to describe a Nickelodeon character who was introduced in an eponymous 2001 animated film? The supergroup is made up of Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers, and Julian Baker, and has released songs like Ketchum Idaho and Me and My Dog. Eponymous 2001 animated film. Phoebe Bridgers, pretty famous. Running up the hill, right? Is that her? Is it? Maybe. I don't know. Are you thinking of Kate Bush? Maybe. Yeah. Who's <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers? I don't know why I, I know that name. Phoebe Wallet. She's a is. more modern artist. Okay. No, I, no, no. Look, We're no, just we talking about. We all know that I'm out on indie supergroup. I can't even name an indie group. Uh, Mumford and Sons. Are they indie? Or are they too mainstream now? I'm going to lock in with an answer. Okay. Matt is locked in with an answer. Jane, you have 30 what seconds. Answer? It's an answer. What answer? An answer. Okay, 2001 Nickelodeon. Uh, I'm thinking cat dog, thinking, but the film, not a cartoon. Mm. So, Doug is out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the be- the beats. Isn't that the the name of the group on that mm. show? The beats. The beats. Yeah. Um. They want more let's, allowance. Let's go with um uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Going with Josie know. and the Pussycats, and what'd yeah. you wager? Too damn much. Mm-hmm. Um, I wagered 100 for Matt and 300 for me. Okay. Uh, I wagered 300 for me and 100 for Jane. Um, I don't know this. I know that the only super indie supergroup that I can even think of is Monsters of Folk Rock, and I know that has M. Ward and Connor Oberst and not these people, but that's what I locked in with. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. so Matt locked in with oh. Monsters, Monsters of Folk, of Folk Rock. Rock. Jane locked in with Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> Sorry to tell you neither of you are right. Uh, before I reveal oh, no. the answer, Sean and Miranda, do you have a guess? Uh, indie indie music? Nope, not my forte, but Miranda, it is, so maybe she could have got us there as a team. Uh, I thought maybe Boy Genius. I just associate Phoebe Bridgers with that band, but it's a good association kind of on the you know because jimmy neutron is yeah jimmy neutron was the boy genius from the 2001 movie uh this is all coming together Mm. like i said we're a second half team this is the second half of the show right (laughs) we will share the points that miranda got yeah (laughs) it's fine well miranda got zero points so we'll split them equally between you and then add that to your scores and then round up got it so uh tim what are we not adding to their scores uh, both players lost 200 there. So it's now 1300 to 1600 with just four questions left. Okay. And that brings us to a pointless question in literature. What producer, writer, and television host known for his affinity for games is also a best-selling author with his latest serial novel, The Last Devil to Die, reaching number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. The film rights for his first novel in the series, The, Third Eight, the Thursday Murder Club, have been acquired by Steven Spielberg. 
Oh boy. <laughs> this says everything. Books. I'm locked in. Jane's <laughs> locked in, which means Matt, yeah. you have thirty seconds. All right. Producer, writer, television host, likes games. Uh and writing books apparently. Um my favorite uh writer and television host would be Howie Mandel. So I'm going with Howie Mandel. All right, going with Howie Mandel. And what'd you wager? Uh, too much. 200 on me and Jane. Okay. Uh, Jane, what did you come up with? So I read the category well, name. That, that's cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating. They sent it to both of us. It's <laughs> not cheating. I actually read it this time. Ugh. And there's a, there's a quiz show called Pointless. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it's Richard Osman, and so that's what I that's what I guessed, and I put three hundred on you and two hundred on me. Okay. Okay. Good wagering. Well, yeah, it worked out. Despite the category being pointless, Jane did not miss the point of the clue. This is in fact Richard Osman, who also hosted the show Richard Osman's House of Games. Oh. I just said Richard Dawson, the, the <laughs> man that kissed all the girls. I don't know. No. <laughs> Richard uh, Osman. Also likes games. <laughs> does like games, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard Osman wrote The Thursday Murder Club. There's four books in the series, and Steven Spielberg has acquired this, the film rights. Should probably so. read them. Mm. Uh, I have started The Thursday Murder Club, and I need to read more of it. it but game? I got it on one of those blind date with a book things at Barnes and Noble. Where you buy a book in a category and you have no idea what it is until you get home and unwrap it. Oh, I've seen that. I I have seen that. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Uh, But Tim, while this may be a mystery, uh, the math isn't. Let us know what's going on. Okay, so we exit section three with Jane putting Matt up against the ropes. Matt has just 200 points left while Jane has 1,800 as we head to our final section. Okay, well, those final three categories are, I'm not sure what it's about, but it has something to do with 12.01 a.m. in People, Looking for Life in Lowell Places in Science, and Places You Need to Go in Art. Go ahead and send Tim your wagers for the final time. Science and Art, finally my categories. (laughs) (laughs) Sean and Miranda, how how have you been feeling watching this half? Like, do you think you would have... It looked like it would have played, at least I think it would have played out the same as the first half. We would have got like two right and still been in the game somehow. Looking for life in Lowell places is a Garth Brooks song, right? Mm, that's friends in Lowell places. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. It's a Chris Gaines song. <laughs> no. It is squarely a Garth Brooks song. Oh, God. And then I guess. I have 200 points. <laughs> you do, in fact. You know, at last season, Brian Nash played for like 10 questions with 200 points in his bank. A... Yeah, well, he's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are smart, too. <laughs> Well, Brittany, we are into our final section, and I have the final wagers of the night. Okay, then let's jump into question one. 
I'm not sure what it's about, but it has something to do with 12.01 a.m. in People. Premiering on January 17th of this year, the CBS late night show After Midnight is hosted by What Comedian and Writer. The comedian has done specials like Quarter Life Crisis, as well as hosted the podcast Self Helpless and Sad in the City. Ugh. Um, I think he's a young a youngster in Quarter Life Crisis. I'm going to lock in. Okay, Matt has locked in, which means, Jane, you have 30 seconds. Um, okay, I think I think this is that girl who's on um I think she's a Saturday Night Live person and I think her name is Taylor Tomlinson. Okay. Uh and I put sorry, I'm terrible. Oh, sorry, I was just making sure that's what you were locking in because you said it yeah, and you kinda of stopped talking. I, am. I just I was just trying to recall. she they there was a commercial with her and Justin Timberlake that I saw today so it's actually really timely um 100 for Matt and 300 for me or me as I put in the here (laughs) um I wagered 300 on me and 100 on Jane um this is my fourth recording of the day and on my second recording (laughs) of the day I had a question about the only female late night host currently on television and it is someone i've seen on instagram and tiktok quite a bit uh taylor tomlinson yeah she's everywhere yeah okay yeah i at first i was like oh maybe it's chelsea handler but i was like oh no it's too she's too old chelsea lately chelsea lately yeah that was her thing mm-hmm. uh so well fantastic uh she is everywhere including in this game uh it is in fact taylor tomlinson Woo-hoo. so uh she's funny was she on like last night's Saturday Night Live or something? I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I, it just came up on the whatever we were. Watching. All I know is she pushed Matt Reif out of my suggested reels, oh, and I'm thankful. Well, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much much better comedian. Uh, but Tim, they both got it. So how did that shake out? Uh, both players picked up two hundred. Matt has a little bit more breathing room. It's now two thousand to four hundred. Okay. And let's go into looking for life in Lowell places in science. In 1906, Percival Lowell began a search for a trans-Neptunian planet that he gave which designation? The designation was also used in 2023 for a spicy plant and a salty, bitter brand relaunch. I do not know this, so I'm going to lock in with a wrong answer. Okay, Jane is locking in. Matt, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what a trans-Neptunian planet is. Um, I assume it has something to do with Neptune. Uh, <laughs> that'd be a good good bet. Spicy plants. Um, not 100 percent sure. I'm gonna go with the with the jalapeno. No, you I went with jalapeno? planet jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> I wager 200 on me, 200 on you for planet well, jalapeno. <laughs> Janet or Jane, what did you come Janet, up with? Janet. I came up with that. I came up with Planet Jalapeno. <laughs> What'd you what wager you on wager? that? I uh see I thought that he would do better at science, so I gave him two hundo and for me one hundo. Okay. Because uh, I am not a science person. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, I think you might have known this because you kept raising your hand. So yeah. I'm gonna call on you. Yay, thanks, Teach. 
Uh, I think they he called it Planet X because he didn't know that there was anything else out there. He was looking for Pluto, and X got saltily, um, bitterly rebranded from Twitter. Twitter. So X. That is correct. Um, yes. And and the new pepper that surpassed yes. the Carolina Reaper. Oh is known as yeah, pepper, it's X. pepper X. I missed that part. I Not didn't hear to be that confused okay. with Pepper Ann. Yeah, uh, she's cool. too cool for seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, second half team yeah. in the final. Yeah, X gonna give it to you, but unfortunately, neither of you said X. <laughs> See, so if that clue was there, yeah. we would have had it. Yeah, well, that's why I didn't give it to you because <laughs> I'm not X. <laughs> you were not going X. To not giving it to, it to anybody anymore. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, speaking of R.I.P., Tim, what happened to the scores? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, RIP, because with that, Matt can no longer catch Jane. He still has points. It's 400 to 2100. Let's just play this final question for S's and G's. For funsies. Sh- shits and giggles. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> this is why I do the horrible segues. So. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, let's do it for funsies. Uh, this is places you need to go in art. What museum, which opened in its current location in 1939, is one of the 20 most visited art museums in the world and is home to The Bather by Cezanne, The Starry Night by Van Gogh, and Duchamp's Fountain, among other more recent works. You know where The Starry Night is? You think you know? Yeah. I think so. I well, so you knew you guys are playing against each other, right? I know. I, <laughs> I don't think it's a Here's the thing: I, Matt knows probably two or three art museums, and he's going to pick one of those two. And I don't think he's going to pick the Louvre because I think that he's going to think that that's the red herring, and I think that he's going to pick the Met. I think that it's the not the place where they just threw the soup at the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa's at the Louvre. Okay, I don't think it's there. <laughs> I don't think either of you have locked in yet, so I'm appreciating. I'm gonna discussion. lock in with the Matt. We're just having a chat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Chat it up. Talking James, art. James locked in. Matt, you yeah. can talk it out. I've been talking it up. I know you <laughs> can talk it out more now. Um, so the Met is a good is a good uh, guess there. Uh, there's the Art Institute of Chicago, which is my favorite. Um, hometown bias. So I'm going to go with the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay. 100 for me, 300 for Jane. Points don't matter, etc. Just like Triviality. <laughs> and Jane, for funsies, what did you wager on Matt? I put 300 on Matt. Because um, you're so confident. Because <laughs> I'm so confident in him. Um, and then 200 on me. Okay. Well... Uh, I did have to look it up just to make sure it wasn't an alternately acceptable name because I have heard of the Met and I was a little worried it was the same oh, thing the for a second. It is MoMA. Oh the my Museum god! Of Modern uh, Art. I it? I, damn it! Embarrassing for you. Yeah, they Miranda, 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 I thought that was the same. Oh, Miranda looked the same thing. Miranda said we were we were chatting on the side and she said MoMA question <laughs> mark. That's yeah. Um, and uh, Duchamp's fountain is a urinal. So places you need to go, pulling double duty okay. there. Oh, so. I, um, <laughs> duty! <laughs> Don't duty any do. not, not in the fountain. No, <laughs> no, no. 
Someone has to clean that it's up. It's still a, a relevant I know. pun. I know. Uh, but, Tim, what did that do to the scores? Because I think it did the same thing, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Matt is going to pick up 200 points at the end there. Jane is going to pick up 100. We finish our game with a final score of Jane with 2,200 and Matt with 600. Okay, well, that does mean that our best frenemy for this week is Jane. Jane, you will be invited back for our tournament of frenemies. And Matt will have a special thing for you to do as well, probably. Seemed to go well last time. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, before what? I didn't do it. That's what why she says thing? that I was supposed to do something, and I didn't. Oh. Supposed to do? write a question or something. Oh, okay. Guess who it's gonna be about? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, bef- uh, thank you all for playing tonight. And Shauna Miranda, it was nice to meet you. Meet you. Um, uh, but before we go, we're gonna give everyone a chance to plug anything they would like to plug. So we will start with our champion, Jane. Oh, um, you didn't have to start with me. I don't have anything to plug. Um, I mean, we, we plugged that hole behind the dishwasher so mm-hmm. the mice don't come in. So do that, people. Yeah. Make sure that you plug the holes in your house so the mice don't come in. Spay and neuter your pets. Yeah, that one too. Okay. Uh, it's a good message, especially with it being cold. Uh, Matt, anything you would like to plug? Uh, listen to Triviality. Uh, you can get it where all your podcasts are found, probably on wherever you're listening to this. It is a trivia podcast where I make similar jokes and know the similar amount of information. See, I thought you were going to go with the Chicago Rat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love the Chicago, the Chicago Rat. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Wherever rat holes are sold. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> um, and uh, Miranda, if you would like to plug anything, you have time to plug as well. Thanks. Um, I don't know how to follow rat holes, but um, it is 2024. So I think everyone should just go vote. Every vote does count. Um, Also, everyone, please support your local favorite trivia podcaster, content creator. I know everyone puts in a lot of work, you know, to bring you guys entertainment every week and go. If you're in the Maryland area, go see Sean. He hosts in Odenton every week, and I'm sure he'll plug his own trivia game. So yeah, that's it. Okay, well, that's a lovely segue over to Sean. So, Sean, anything you would like to plug? Thanks, Miranda. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been a great time. Thank you, Brittany and Tim, for having us on. It has been a great time, even though Miranda and I came up a little short. It was a blast being on here. And uh, like Miranda said, I do host a local trivia game for anybody in the DMV, specifically on the Maryland side, because nobody goes over to Virginia. Um I do host in Odenton, All-American Steakhouse, Wednesdays at 7.30 if you guys want to come check out that game. Um, That's all I got. Okay. Well, sounds good. Uh, And that is going to do it. Uh, Uh, Tim, you have anything you want to plug while I work out how to say words again? I mean, yeah, I didn't really talk about it season one, but I am a trivia host myself. So you can find me in the Fayetteville area at a couple of different venues. Uh, Stewart's Tavern on Wednesdays and the Mill in uh, Rayford on Thursdays uh, hosting trivia. So, you know, come come check it out. If you I, I promise my trivia is not as hard as this podcast most of the time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. I guess I could also mention that I'm a live trivia host as well. If you want to come see me Tuesday nights at the Critical Grind Board Game Cafe in Shorewood, Illinois. 
Um, I host Cozy Quiz there on Tuesdays. And uh, I don't make the same promise that Tim just did. So, but, you know, I, I promise a similar amount of puns happen in my question there. Uh, but that will do it here for us at Frenemy Trivia. Please make sure to follow us at Frenemy Trivia on Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads. To find us and our sister shows, Pub Trivia Experience, Boozy Bracketology, Verboten, and our newest show, Draft Days, as well as our community pages, Patreon, and to be on our show, check out ptepodcast.com slash links. Even if you can't support us financially, which we understand, you can always support us by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite podcast app, because we're there too. So for Frenemy Trivia, I've been Brittany. I've been Tim. I've been Sean. Oh, I've been Matt. I've been Jane. I've been Miranda. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>